there's just so many things that reading and trying to learn faster isn't going to be able to give you. And the only way that you're going to be able to get it is from putting in the reps and actually doing it. Real quick, before the episode, I want to give you a gift of 25% off. And that gift actually is from TransUnion Smart Move. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. Because as landlords, we tend to be most concerned with getting paid on time. You might also know that hundreds of thousands of landlords have to deal with the headaches of evicting tenants each year. Evicting a tenant can be painful, costing as much as $10,000 in court costs and legal fees, and take as long as four weeks to complete. What if there's a trusted way to help prevent the headaches of dealing with evicting a tenant? Make the smart move right from the start. Smart Move's online tenant screening solution can help you quickly understand if you're getting a reliable tenant, which will help you avoid potential problems such as non-payment and evictions. For a limited time, listeners of this podcast are invited to try Smart Move tenant screening for 25% off. Here's how Smart Move can help you find your next great tenant. Make a more informed decision with Smart Move's proprietary credit score built specifically for tenant screening, which predicts evictions 15% better than a typical credit score. Reduce non-payment risk with Smart Move's Income Insights Report, which enables you to analyze the applicant's income within minutes and determine if additional income verification is needed. Get critical information quickly with a full credit report, criminal background, and eviction history report. With over 5 million screenings completed, SmartMove can help you make a better leasing decision for your rental property. If you own a rental property, SmartMove can help you identify the right renter from the start so you can avoid the problems of non-payment or evictions. Don't put yourself at risk. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. With TransUnion Smart Move, you'll get great reports, great convenience, great tenants. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hi, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Theo Hicks and I'll be the host today. And today I'm speaking with Travis Chappell. Travis, how are you doing today? Doing fantastic, my man. How are you? I am doing fantastic as well. I appreciate you coming on the show. I'm looking forward to our conversation. A little about Travis before we get started. He is a direct sales consultant, real estate investor, and professional connector. He is the creator and host of Build Your Network, which is a top 25 business podcast. He's based in Las Vegas, Nevada, and you can say hi to him at TravisChapel.com. So Travis, before we start our conversation, can you tell us a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Yeah, Theo. So I grew up in a uh, small little bubble in a tiny religious community in Southern California. So when I was growing up, it was always the plan for me was going to be like, I'm going to be a youth pastor when I grow up and get out of college and everything like that. In college, though, I started realizing pretty quickly that that wasn't really the path that I wanted to go down. Uh, So for the first time in my life ever, I was trying to figure out what I really actually wanted to do because I didn't really go through that when I was 15. 16. So um, I was trying to figure out what the next step was going to be. And a buddy of mine was doing door-to-door sales at the time. And uh, basically was just like, yeah, man, you know, they showed me one of his paychecks and said, he's making good money. He works whatever hours he wants to work as long as he hits production marks. And 
seemed really intriguing to me. So I uh, started into door-to-door sales uh, when I was a junior in college. And when I graduated, I didn't, like I said, I, I didn't want to pursue the thing that I had gotten my degree in anymore. So I just kind of defaulted into door-to-door because that was what I knew and I was pretty good at it and I made good money and had a flexible schedule. So I just kind of like went for it. And after five, six years of knocking doors for various companies, different industries, building out sales teams and working with them and things, I just kind of got to the point where I was just like, this is cool, but I don't see myself doing this in a decade from now. And if I can't see myself doing it in 10 years, then I should probably change courses sooner rather than later so that I can kind of control where I end up in a decade. And so for the first time ever, I jumped into the personal development space and just kind of dove in started learning as much as I could and discovered podcasts for the first time ever and started listening to a bunch of them and eventually just kind of thought, man, this would be really, really cool to do this, to do it full time. And so I jumped in and now that takes us a couple years later, been rocking with the show, have over 300 episodes out now and it's what I do full time and it's been a really cool journey. But that's it in a nutshell, man. That's a, a quick synopsis. That's a very interesting uh, d- development from where you started to where you are today. I actually did direct sales as well. So I know the answer to this question, but for best of our listeners who aren't doing direct sales, do you mind just telling us a little bit about how you were able to use those, those skills that you learned from door to door knocking in order to either do your podcast or your real estate investing career or your professional connector career, either one of those things, I guess, what are some of the skill sets you learned from being a direct salesperson going door to door for over six years? that helps you do what you're doing today? Really good question. So I always tell anybody that's like coming out of high school and stuff to try door to door for a year. And I think that you'll learn more about emotional intelligence, sales and marketing language than you will going to college for sure. And that's probably the number one thing that I can take away from it is just communication or maybe emotional intelligence, like your EQ, just, it's really just an, it's an emotional intelligence crash course. And you learn really quickly that um, what people say is not what they're actually thinking. They're just trying to be nice. And you, so you have to really get good at learning how to read body language cues and nonverbal communication, tonality, different things like that, so that you can actually get to the root of the problem and figure out what the actual thing is that's holding them back. And to be able to do that on that kind of a scale, because some people will do outside sales, but they'll get leads and they go to a house, they go to a house and they talk to two or three people a day. So your skill sets will increase in direct proportion to the amount of people that you're talking to, the amount of times that you practice, right? So when those people are talking two to three people a day doing an outside sales job, as a door-to-door rep, you're talking to 20 to 50 people a day, just depending on how many hours you're going out for and how many people are home and what day of the week it is and different things like that. So yeah, and you, you're just, it's just a crash course, meaning that it's so much learning in such a condensed period of time. And there's no guesswork. That's the one thing that I really like about that industry, Theo, is that people can't fake it. There's so many fakers out there in all these other industries, and especially the one that I'm in now, which is the online marketing world. There's just so many people that get out there and fake it and fake it and fake it and fake it. And I can't stand fake people. It's one of the things that really irritates me the most, to be honest. And in the door-to-door game, there really is no way to fake it. You either do it or you don't do it. And if you don't do it, you don't make money. So month four, you're not making money. You're not just going to continue faking doing it because it's a grind to keep doing it. So it, it very much is a, uh, it weeds out a lot of people and um, you learn a lot during the process. But number one thing that I learned throughout all that is definitely emotional intelligence. The 738.55 rule says that only 7% of our communication is actually the words that we say. 
and mm-hmm. 38% is tonality and 55% is body language and facial expressions. So when you are talking to that many people and getting rejected in so many different colorful, different types of ways, you definitely start picking up on what people are saying, how they're saying it, what they look like when they say it and what it actually means. So that's just one of the lessons. Yeah, those are two interesting points. The one about the, the faking it is, is huge too, because yeah, when you're doing the direct sales, you're actually in front of, of people. You're actually talking to them. And you, when you're strictly online, in your, especially if it's more of a, a written form or even in a verbal form, you can script a lot easier. There's no one else is really talking back to you. So you can't like get, I guess, triggered in a sense and, and you can't kind of say whatever you want online. Where in person, you can't really do that. You need to go in with a script, but then if the person says something that goes off script, if you don't know what to say, you're again, you're going to be weeded out and you're going to, going to get rejected. So that's, I think that's a really important point. And it's definitely a, a really good skill set to learn by being in front of people constantly for your job. But on the EQ side, I was yeah. wondering if you go into a little bit more, more detail. So you, you mentioned briefly that it's kind of a skill that you gain organically over time. So you have, you know, hundreds and hundreds of conversations, you get rejected, you know, X amount of times and you see a pattern of, you know, okay, this is the, the nonverbal things that I see from people when they're going to reject me or here are the things that I realize I'm doing that ultimately end up in me getting rejected. But is there anything more specific that people can do to work on that skill set, whether it be after a conversation, going back and writing out what they learned, or is it something you just keep doing it and over time you kind of just organically in your mind learn what to do, what not to do, and what different nonverbal communications mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's more the latter than the former in my experience anyway. And I'm sure that there are ways to improve on that and make it better and to where you can make it a quicker learning process. But I just look at it as like, you just got to put in the reps. There's just no substitute for putting in the reps and talking to people. Like when I sit down to try to negotiate now deals with, you know, different people in in the real estate world, investing in stuff, there's almost like a comfortability in a negotiation that I think that I have that not a lot of people do have because intrinsically it's an uncomfortable situation, right? People can talk terms all day. People can talk benefits all day, but as soon as it comes down to pricing, everybody starts getting a little fidgety. People start feeling a little bit uncomfortable. And I think a lot of it is just getting in that pocket and allowing yourself to stay there for longer than the other person. A lot of times is kind of how you win a negotiation in my opinion. So it just comes from repetition. There's only so much reading about it that you can do. But if you sat in, like I said, I've talked to thousands of people in door to door. I sat in quite literally hundreds and hundreds of situations where it's just me and a customer one-on-one negotiating a price and trying to come to terms and sign a contract. There's no substitute for that kind of experience because the books don't tell you each individual personality type and they don't tell you that maybe this person's background, even they have certain limiting beliefs in their background about why this particular deal isn't going to work out for them long-term. And we have to overcome that. There's just so many things that reading and trying to learn faster isn't going to be able to give you. And the only way that you're going to be able to get it is from putting in the reps and actually doing it. That's why I like door-to-door so much. And uh, especially for comparatively to people who study sales, but have never really done sales. I just think doing something like that is uh, is going to give you way more real experience and a, a better learning process than just like reading some books. And I'm not saying just not read books. I'm, I do that very often. I'm just saying that I don't think there's any substitute for putting in the reps. 
Yeah, I like the term as you use reps. It kind of gives me a, a metaphor of like working out. If I want to have a really, really high bench press, for example, well, I can read about all the different strategies for benching, the different grips, different hand positioning, but I'm not going to get stronger by just reading. <laughs> I'm not going to get right. my, my bench press isn't going to go up by just reading. I have to actually go to the gym and then put what I learned into practice and press. And so it's kind of the same thing. You can read about sales, about non-driver communication all you want, and that's helpful for sure, and you should do that. But you need to actually go out and put in those reps and put that knowledge into practice in order to actually realize that, oh my God, there's an infinite amount of gray areas that I've not learned about and you can't learn about in a book because a book would be a million pages long. Right, um, yep. Well, I, I want to transition into uh, the podcast really quickly before we get into the, the money question. So I know for real estate investors and a lot, something that we stress a lot on this podcast is the power of the thought leadership platform. If a real estate investor in general, but as Joe is an apartment syndicator, one thing that is hard for aspiring syndicators is getting that credibility in the eyes of your investors. So mm-hmm. if I've never done a hundred apartment deal before, how do I get people to invest in my deal? And one of the ways is to build credibility and display expertise with a, with a podcast or a YouTube channel or a blog. But of course, similarly, I've never done a podcast before. So why would people listen to me? So what are some tips you have on how to grow a podcast or a thought leadership platform in general? First off, I think that it's really awesome that you're teaching your listeners that because I grew up in a real estate household. So my dad, Mark Chapel, is a real estate agent in Southern California, real estate broker. And so I kind of grew up in that kind of a household. And so I've always had this soft spot to help out real estate agents as much as I can. And this friend of mine, he sold his last real estate brokerage for three and a half billion dollars in Beverly Hills. And I was talking to him recently about podcasting and how it could help out real estate investors, real estate agents, and really help if you're trying to be in real estate in my opinion, there's no better way to separate yourself from the competition than creating content. And I was explaining that to him and he was like, cool, let's try it out. So we went and uh, tried it out and uh, did like a test group of like a hundred people who were customers of his in the past, real estate agents who were like taking, you know, some things through his his new marketing platform and stuff. And out of a hundred people, none of them said that they were interested in starting a podcast. And I was just like, wow, this is such a glaring oversight for these people because this is one of the most competitive industries on the planet for good reason, but also that sucks. <laughs> you know, like there's so much competition. There's so much saturation. Everybody and their mom has a real estate agent, best friend or something. So I was trying to explain this to people. And, they, and I believe that it goes for real estate investors even more so because like you say, you're trying to make people let go of their well-earned money to give to you. And there's a lot of trust that has to be built there. And what's the number one way to build trust? You have to have a relationship. Well, how do you have a relationship? People have to spend time with you. So how do you spend time with people on a mass scale? The only way is through creating content. The best way is through creating content because you can't spend two or three hours with a thousand people and still be able to do everything in your life that you're trying to do. But you can release a two or three hours of content on a podcast throughout a seven day period and have a thousand people tune in and get to know you and build that know, like, and trust with that audience ultimately to where they feel comfortable enough with you to be able to open their wallet or their bank account and trust you with their money. So look, if you're not creating content, I just want you to like sit there and ask yourself genuinely, why? 
Why am I not creating content? And then look at the reasons why you're not creating content and ask yourself, is this a real reason or is this an excuse? Because I feel like I don't know what I'm doing because that's also a big thing for people, especially if you're sitting out there and you've done really big deals and you've negotiated million dollar contracts and you're putting together a lot of large syndication deals and those types of things. When I talk to people that have big success in these other areas, they're more scared of getting into podcasting and YouTube and these other spaces because they know nothing about it and because they know it's going to be a grind and that they're going to have to start from scratch. So for them, it's just like, well, it doesn't really help that much. And they avoid it because they don't know anything about it because they don't want to start from scratch on something again because they're really good at what they do currently, if that makes sense. So I would just sit there, ask yourself, why aren't you creating content? And then if it's for a reason like that, if it's just an excuse, then I would say, get rid of it and just get started. Do something, create content and some platform, pick one podcasting, YouTube, LinkedIn, whatever it is. Podcasting and YouTube are the most difficult ones to grow a real audience on, but they are also the most effective platform. So I would definitely recommend doing a podcast, starting a YouTube channel, something like that. Just understand that it's going to take a while to grow. It's not the same as a lot of other areas of business. It's just, it, it's, takes time to build those audience relationships and actually cultivate those relationships and turn them into an audience that actually cares about what you have to say. But if you can do that, then you'll be thanking me in like five years from now. That's what I always tell people. Like if you're getting in the content creation game for a one or two year play, then don't do it at all because you're going to be really disappointed with the results most likely. But if you're getting into this for five year, 10 year play, then that's where the money is. I've been doing this for a couple of years and I've already doing it full time and had some amazing guests come on the show. And I'm really proud of everything that's happened with my show to date, but this is not the end game for me at all. I'm looking a decade into the future of what the possibilities are with creating content like this as, as often as I do. So yeah, it takes some time, but this is time that's going to save you time on the back end, if that makes sense. So like take the time now to save yourself time later. And this is a conversation that I think real estate investors and real estate agents should be having a lot more often. There's one really big tip that I can help you with in terms of what you were saying at the beginning of this question, Theo, is people sitting there and having that imposter syndrome creep up of like, well, who am I to get investor money? Well, I'll start a podcast and then make myself more credible. But who am I for people to listen? Why wouldn't they just go listen to Joe Fairless and Theo? Why wouldn't they go listen to Bigger Pockets? Why wouldn't they go listen to those guys? Like, what am I going to say that people are going to want to hear? And the bottom line is, People connect with people. They don't connect with just the resume. So sure, Bigger Pockets and Joe Fairless and all these other big real estate shows, like they have a lot more clout and credibility. But somebody out there that listens to your podcast is going to connect with you because you're you. And that was one huge thing that I had to learn during this process was when I first started, I only did interviews because I didn't have credibility. And I viewed it like, I'd like, why are people going to want to hear from me? And then I had audience members reach out and say, hey, we'd like to hear more from you. And now I do a weekly solo show and it's one of my most popular shows. And it's crazy, but it's just the fact that your audience resonates with you not necessarily just your content. So get over the imposter syndrome and get started with something. And then the number one way to move past all that is exactly what I did at the beginning is just the interviews. If you're really that worried about it, then start with interviews. You don't have to be the expert. That's the coolest thing about this is like when I started my show, it's called Build Your Network. That's the title of my show. I didn't know anything about networking. I didn't go to networking events. I did the meetups and different things like that, but I wasn't good at it. I knew zero people. Like the richest person in my network when I started was making $150,000 a year. I started from zero, started from scratch. 
and built everything up in a couple of years through leveraging credibility. So all I would do is go interview people and then ask them questions about networking. And then every time I would do that, I would get a little bit better at networking. And then I would read books on networking because that was my show. And then I would get better guests on. And then I would go get better and better and better guests on. And then every time I got a good guest, you use that as credibility to get you another good guest. And then before you know it, you have insane credibility because you have dozens of amazing guests who've come on and shared their best tips for success in whatever it is. So if you're out there thinking like, man, I, I, I want to start a show, but nobody's going to listen to me. Well, just start a show, but do it as like an investigative reporter. Be that person that reports back to your audience and get people like No Bearless on, get people like Theo on, get people like uh, the Bigger Pockets guys on, like on your show and get them to share their message on your show and build that credibility like in your brand. But yeah, man, this is a, this is a great question because I'm, I just am so passionate about um, trying to help, especially people in real estate, just differentiate themselves through the power of content creation. And I think that it's so vital. Oh yeah, I can definitely tell your past another great rundown and crash course on why to create a podcast and then how to actually go about doing it in a mindset behind it. All right, Travis, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Best real estate investing advice, it might seem a little bit simple, but is get started. A lot of people are waiting around, just keep, they keep waiting and waiting and waiting like, oh, you know, well, I hear the market's about to do this. Oh, interest rates are doing this or oh, this other thing is happening. But bottom line is get started, find a deal and do a deal kind of what we we're talking about earlier. If you just read about it all day long and never take action on it, then it's never going to benefit you. And one of the coolest things about real estate is that there's a lot of surety in your investment because it's in real estate. That's one of the coolest things about the real estate industry is if you go pick a stock and you put a bunch of money into it, you have no control over whether or not that stock increases or decreases in value. In real estate, you find a deal and put money into it. Even if it ends up not doing as well as you had hoped, just get one because it's real estate. People are going to have to live somewhere. That's the biggest thing. Like I'll give you a, for instance, they are like, um, uh, we, we made an investment last year, my dad and I, and it ended up being a bad deal. We were just going to flip it. And we ended up being upside down on it by the time we went to sell. And it was a bummer situation, obviously wasn't ideal. And that's not the goal. And that's not what we were looking to do, but it's still real estate. So literally the worst case scenario did happen. The worst case scenario happened in that deal. And you know what the worst case scenario is? we have another rental property. That's the worst case scenario. We still own another house that we didn't own before. Obviously that money would be better used somewhere else in a deal that's cash flowing better or whatever. But worst case scenario was we got another house out of it. You know what I mean? Like it's not like we lost our entire life savings. The biggest thing is to, you just got to get started and be okay with the fact that if you get started and you don't know hundred percent of everything that you're doing, you might lose a little bit of money, but that's okay. Just get started and do something. Stop just waiting around. Like uh, there's probably people listening to this show and have listened to hundreds of episodes, but have never actually done a deal. So stop hesitating, get off the fence and just do something and figure it out along the way. There's no better way to just learn something than just to jump in and do it. All right, Travis, ready for the best ever lightning round? Yeah, let's do it. All right. First, a quick word from our sponsor. If you own a rental property, TransUnion Smart Move can help you identify the right renter from the start so you can avoid the problems of non-payment or evictions. Don't put yourself at risk. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. With TransUnion Smart Move, you'll get great reports, great convenience, great tenants. When it's Friday at 4.30 p.m., it's time for Entrepreneur Drinks Podcast, which is co-produced by Joint Ops Properties and Discount Property Investors. 
Join their end of the work week session as they tackle problems facing entrepreneurs. Listen and subscribe at entrepreneurdrinks.com. That's entrepreneurdrinks.com. All right, Travis, what is the best ever book you've recently read? Recently read or like best ever for anybody? It could be either one. All right. Well, there's this book that I read recently. It's from Mark Manson. And I don't know if you're allowed to cuss on this show, but the title is Everything is Fucked. That's the title of the book. He doesn't cuss a lot in the book. So if you are listening and you're like, oh, that's not my thing, get past that and just read the book. I promise you, you'll pick up on a lot of things. Basically what I say, it's like a modern day philosophy book. And there's a, a lot of amazing takeaways in that book. And his first book is, is really good as well. So I would recommend anything by Mark Manson. I've heard of his first book, but I didn't know he had a second one. So I'll definitely check that out. If your business were to collapse today, what would you do next? I would do exactly what I did a couple of years ago and start creating content around a topic that I was curious about. That's the coolest thing about content creation, man, is that you don't have to know everything like we talked about. You can just be the investigative reporter. So I'll just pick a new topic that I really wanted to learn about, something that I would like, something that's a passion of mine, and just start creating content around that topic and learning more and more and more about it. What is the best ever deal you've ever done? Real estate deal we're talking about. Yeah. Best ever deal that I did was a duplex that I bought when I was 19. My sister and I bought it together and uh, got a five-year loan on that, paid it off in five years. So yeah, it ended up going really well for us. And then lastly, what is the best ever place to reach you? Travischapel.com has basically everything. I'm on all the social platforms. So I always tell people connect with me on whatever platform that you like to connect on. But if you're wondering which one I spend the most time on, it's probably Instagram. So that's just at Travis Chapel, C-H-A-P-P-E-L-L. Reach out over there, say what's up. I got a lot of different free trainings and stuff going on. So if you want to learn a lot about networking and different things like that and see how it can coincide with real estate, I do have a totally free masterclass going on right now, which you can register for at 3networkingsecrets.com. The number three is a spelled out three. Three spelled out, T-H-R-E-E networkingsecrets.com. All right, Travis, this has been a very, very powerful conversation. Lots of great information that can help not only people with their real estate careers, but just kind of life in general. So kind of the summary that we talked about is really the three categories. Number one, you talked about your direct door-to-door sales experience. And from that, we talked about how by putting in the reps, by, by being in front of people, by negotiating deals with people, you were able to massively increase your emotional intelligence or EQ. Um, that is your, your ability to read and um, decipher people's nonverbal communication because at the end of the day, as you mentioned, people usually don't actually say what they mean or what they're actually thinking. <laughs> and so you mentioned that you know at the, at the end of the day, you can read as much as possible about emotional intelligence, about sales, about real estate, about really anything. But the main lesson is you actually have to actually go out there and put in the reps, actually do what you're learning about in order for it to benefit you. Secondly, we talked about, and essentially you gave a crash course on starting and growing a podcast. You talked about why it's important to build a podcast essentially said that the number one way to build trust is to build relationships, to build relationships. You need to spend time with people. The best way to spend time with the most amount of people is to create content that they consume. And then kind of more specifically, you mentioned that podcasts and the YouTube are the most difficult to grow, but are definitely the most effective. And then some tips on how to actually grow an audience. Number one, you have to look at it as a five plus you know, 10 year play 
rather than a one or two year play. And that's something that me and Joe talked about on Fall on Friday before about thinking in terms of decades rather than in terms of months and years. Hmm. We also talked about the tip for kind of getting over imposter syndrome, which is realizing that at the end of the day, people want to connect with other people, not just the resume. So sure, there's a, there's a bunch of people that are out there that are most likely going to be bigger than you. But at the end of the day, it's about you being you and finding people that resonate with you. And then something else I'll just add that for my end is that Travis, Joe, me, everyone at one point did not have a podcast and had no one listening. So mm. <laughs> you yeah. really can't use that as an excuse. Because everyone that's successful at one point was where you're at right now. And then you mentioned that a great way to start if you are afraid to do the solo podcast or are fearful that you don't know what you're talking about, just be an investigative reporter and interview people. And over time, you will become an expert and you will become a credible expert because of those conversations with those people. And then lastly, your best ever advice, which is very simple but also powerful, which is to get started. If you want to do a deal, do a deal. I'm kind of going back to point number one about the reps and, and then essentially being okay with losing a little bit of money because as you mentioned, your worst case scenario, you walk away with the skill sets of, hey, I've done a deal before. And right. so now you know moving forward how to do a deal. So again, really powerful advice, Travis. I've really enjoyed this conversation. I learned a lot myself. I look forward to listening to this show again. Best of listeners, thank you for tuning in and have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. When it's Friday at 4.30 p.m., it's time for Entrepreneur Drinks Podcast, which is co-produced by Joint Ops Properties and Discount Property Investors. Join their end-of-the-work-week session as they tackle problems facing entrepreneurs. Listen and subscribe at entrepreneurdrinks.com. That's entrepreneurdrinks.com.